0: As uh, as I said earlier, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter two this morning. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, Ephesians chapter two. We're going to talk about grace. You know, uh, this this passage from Ephesians talks about grace and it talks about love and it talks about mercy and 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 these three just interact with each other. You could say that the love of God causes the mercy and the grace of God. But you can also say that mercy is an act of grace, or grace is an act of mercy. And so you, you see how these interplay. So we're going we're gonna to be in Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10. They are up here behind me. Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously li- among them, lived among them in our free fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath, as, as the others were also." But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive together with Christ, even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourself, it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So let's talk about grace. I, uh, I have preached these verses a, f- a couple of different times, and, and, but we're going to look at them specifically for grace this morning. First, I want to read the the Baptist Faith and Message article on grace. Again, it is up here behind me. Election is the gracious purpose of God, according to which he regenerates, justifies, sanctifies, and glorifies sinners. It is consistent with the free agency of man and comprehends all the means in connection with the end. It is the glorious display of God's sovereign goodness and is infinitely wise, holy, and unchangeable. It excludes boasting and promotes humility. All true believers endure to the end. Those whom God has accepted in Christ and sanctified by His Spirit will never fall away from the state of grace, but shall persevere to the end. Believers may fall into sin through neglect and temptation, whereby they grieve the Spirit, impair their graces and comforts, and bring reproach on the cause of Christ and temporal judgment on themselves. Yet they shall be kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Now, underneath this article, if, you're, if you've got the little book, and there's more of them back there if you want one, there's about 50 scripture references. Now, I chose these because, uh, specifically, uh, they, they just speak of grace in a way that I think we need to understand it. So let's look first at the main points here. It says that grace regenerates, justifies, sanctifies, and glorifies sinners. If these, if these terms sound familiar, it's because we just have studied those for the last two weeks. The last two weeks we've talked about salvation. And these, these four, regeneration, justification, sanctification, glorification... These are aspects of salvation that we have studied for the last two weeks. So so in essence, grace applies salvation to us. Secondly, grace is God's sovereign goodness. You know, God is under no obligation to give us mercy or grace. No obligation whatsoever. Yet he has chosen to do so. And because grace brings sanctification, as it says earlier, grace is literally the empowerment we need to live the Christian life. Grace also seals us for eternity. We believe in, in what is called eternal security, which means that we cannot lose our salvation. And we'll see that as we study our way through these verses. Psalm 3, for instance, says salvation belongs to the Lord. So if it belongs to the Lord, how can we lose it, right? But we'll see more as we study through. So let's kind of look at our passage and walk our way through. First one is grace brings salvation. Verses 1 through 3 show us our condition. Show us what, what we bring to the table. What do we bring to the table? We're dead in our trespasses and sin. Dead. We bring death and sin to the table. Now, I want you to understand, Jesus did not come to mend wounded people or wake sleepy people or advise confused people or inspire bored people or spur on lazy people or educate ignorant people. He came to rise dead people to life. That's grace. That's what Jesus came for. And, and those dead people, that's us. We bring death and sin and trespass to the table. God brings Jesus to cover all of that. That's, that's how this all works. And, and notice in verse 3, Paul moves from you all live this way to we all live this way. Now, I want you to think about that. I, I think it's important to consider Paul... Because if anybody had religion, it was Paul. If anybody had church, it was Paul. If anybody ha- had grown up literally knowing about God, it's Paul. And yet, he says what he brings to the table is death and sin and trespass. And, and, and it calls himself a child of wrath here. That's all of us. So it doesn't matter if you grew up in a Christian home. It doesn't matter if you're a a moral person and, and, and don't figure you've done that much wrong. You need this grace. Because if Paul calls himself a child of wrath, how much more are we children of wrath? Now, this is one of my favorite verses. Verse four, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in our trespasses. You are saved by grace. I have said it before, I will say it again. From this platform, God has a great but. But God being rich in mercy. That's the greatest but of all time, isn't it? I love hearing but God's story. We all have one. Everyone who has come to Christ has a but God story. I was lost, but God found me. I was was addicted, but God released me. And those those stories don't just happen at salvation. They continue through our lives. I talked to somebody this week who was certain they were going to die. Absolutely certain they were going to die, but God intervened. And gave him life. Restored his life. These but God stories continue in our lives. We all have a but God story. Now verse 4 says, God is rich in mercy. Rich in mercy. Now I want you to, to, to think about something. In scripture, only mercy and grace are considered the riches of God or are described as the riches of God. He's certainly holy, and his perfection in holiness and justice and so many other attributes are certainly laid out, but only grace and mercy are called his riches. His riches. And so he's rich in mercy and immeasurable riches of grace. You can see how grace and, and mercy work together here with love because it is God's great love that causes his rich mercy and his immeasurable riches of grace that saves us. And it continues to to apply salvation to us day by day. As I said earlier, God does not owe us anything. If anything, what we deserve is God's wrath, not his mercy, not his grace, not his love. If we deserve anything, it's His wrath. God has chosen to act in mercy and grace and love. Entirely His choice. Now, grace also empowers our living and empowers our day-to-day. Verses 8 and 9 you're familiar with. You're saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift. Not from works, so that no one can boast. And it's kind of a restatement of, ver- uh, of the end of verse 5. You are saved by grace. But he goes on to say we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So this grace that saves us continues to work in our lives. It continues to, to empower us to do the, God, the, the work that God has set out before us to do. He continues to work in us. He literally recreates us from dead to to life and and plans for us to do things. And His grace empowers us doing those things. So the work of sanctification, which, which we discussed last week, sanctification, being made holy, being more like Christ, that is the work of grace in our life. It's the but God of every day. We we continue to have this gift of grace. And and, and literally, charis is the the Greek word for for grace, and it's also translated gift. And so in in just a, a couple of chapters over, in Ephesians 4, Paul says, now grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And he goes on to talk about the the gifts apostle prophet evangelist pastor teacher so these gifts of grace are 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 our spiritual gifts they are the gifts that we use to do the the work that God has set before us has prepared for us to do and gra- and God's grace seals us for eternity It's very clear from this passage that we bring nothing to the table but death and sin. We are under the wrath of God and deserve it. And yet, God gives us His, his riches of grace and immeasurable riches of grace. His mercy, his grace are what he brings to the table and we bring nothing to the table. And so, how could we lose anything? How could we lose his grace or his mercy when we have done nothing to deserve it in the first place? Nothing to earn it in the first place. I said earlier that that only only mercy and grace are described as the riches of God. And and, And here's my opinion on that. This is why I think they're described as the riches of God. I think they come from the deepest part of God's heart. I think mercy and grace come from the deepest part of God's heart. And if that's true, then how can we lose our salvation if the deepest part of of God's heart is mercy and grace for us? What we would have to do to lose our salvation is fundamentally change who God is. And we can't do that. God, instead, fundamentally changes who we are through his grace, and through his mercy. Let me put it to you this way, I guess. We have the wrong idea about grace, mercy, and love. We think that we live for the mercy of God, but we don't live for the mercy of God. We live from the mercy of God. We don't live for the grace of God. We live from the grace of God. We don't live for the love of God, we live from the love of God. What that means is they're already ours. We've already been given this in Christ. So we live from them. We don't live to get them. We don't live for them. We live from them. So what is your but God story? Because this shows the, the, the grace of God continuing to work in you. God's grace is, is to affect salvation, to bring dead people to life. It is to empower us to live that, and, and do the things that he has given us to do, the things that he has prepared for us to do. And, and God's grace keeps us to himself until we are with him. God's grace saves us, empowers us, and seals us for him. What's your but God story? Have you, do you have a but God story from this week? Because I'm not, I'm not asking about your salvation story. I'm asking about how God intervened in your life, how you saw God work this week. Because every one of us have a but God story. And we have a but God story if we think about it from just this week. I was blank, but God blank. You fill in the blanks. This is who God is. At his very core, mercy, grace, and love from his very core. We don't live for those things We live from who God is. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Do you know the grace of God in Christ? Do you know the mercy of God in Christ? Do you know the love of God in Christ? Are you living from the mercy and and grace and love of God? Because you can't live for them, you can't earn them, you can't deserve them. We live from them. Do you need to take a step of faith toward Christ this morning? It's a simple prayer. And you can follow along in your own words and just say, God, I know I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came to give me grace. He came to give me mercy. He came to give me love. So I ask you to forgive me because of his work on the cross. And I ask you to empower me with your grace. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, let somebody know. Come and let me know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but as you think about your last couple of weeks, you haven't been living from the love of God. You've been living for the love of God, trying to earn it, trying to deserve it. Will you right now commit to God to live every day from His love that He's already given you? Father, we thank You for this reminder of grace. We thank You that that we live in grace, that we live from grace. Help us to understand day by, by day what that means to live your grace out we ask in the name of Jesus Amen